Hey, and welcome to Stops and Starts, a women's hockey podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Glavin, and this is episode 12. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the awful start to the hockey season um, off ice um, in terms of um, scandals, harassment, and the sexual abuse um, stuff with Kyle Beach. I'm going to try to keep it very quick um, because it's all very sad. Uh, talk, talk about the Lakers, talk about um, Watts and Ovechkin and ESPN Plus, and also most excitingly of all, going to talk a little bit about the NCAA Women's Ice Hockey National Tournament expanding from 8 to 11 teams. So, get the, the ugly stuff out of the way first. Um, I just cannot imagine a more awful start to the hockey season than what we've seen this year. Um, in, in terms of the sad news that has come out, um, the stuff with, uh, Kyle Beach, um, being allegedly sexually abused and he spoke up and then nothing happened. And then before Brad Aldrich was, um, even released from the team, Brad Aldrich allegedly, um, assaulted another person, an intern. So just so awful. And, uh, just because this is a women's hockey podcast, I, the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, where did Brad Aldrich go after he got released from the Blackhawks? He ended up being the video uh, coordinator for the 2010 um, Four Nations Cup Team USA women. And then if that's not egregious enough, after that they had him still working for USA Hockey, working with minors. Uh, for the U18 women's team in 2011 in that tournament that I think is usually the U18 tournament world championships is held in like January. So just absolutely egregious and all the people involved should be called out and held to account. Um, So I just wanted to briefly mention that. And then the other absolutely horrible thing that happened was um, at a high school hockey game in Pittsburgh, a girl goalie who played on a co-ed team but she was the only girl playing against an all-boys team uh she was harassed by members in the crowd chanting she's a and suck our um and this went on everyone has seen the footage nobody in no grown-up in the building apparently thought it should be stopped um the girl was in tears um and then since that time folks have tried to rally around her and she has played another game and there was tremendous support there for her but just so incredibly sad to see that happen um a lot of people rallied around to support her i know cami granado reached out to the goalie who was harassed um linda cohen reached out uh brianna mclaughlin who's like a legend in pittsburgh went to the hockey game where the goalie next played at to support her um and numerous players tweeted support And I just wanted to comment on Megan Duggan's tweet because it resonated with me. Um, But Megan Duggan basically said something to the effect of, you know, all these young girls that still play hockey and especially the ones that might play on what is otherwise an all-boys team, just how inspiring those individuals are. And that really resonated with me because I personally really relate to that. Um, I think when I was a kid, the message that I received um, regarding girls in sports was, and just life in general was, um, it was an incorrect message, but the message that I felt looking back, like I received was two things. One, 
equality has been achieved. And two, you're the only girl that plays. And both those things are completely wrong. Equality has not even remotely been achieved, even though wonderful things have happened. Um, But way more important than that to me is the lie that you, if you're a girl hockey player, you're alone and you're the only one. That is such a lie. And if you're a girl hockey player, and this applies to that Mars goalie, you are part of a very long legacy of over 100 years of girls playing hockey. And you being out there, being your authentic self and doing what brings you happiness is incredibly important. And you are just the next in the long chain of um, of um, women athletes and girl athletes being their authentic selves, doing what brings them happiness. And it really is inspiring. So every time I see, every time I go to the rink and I see girl hockey players, I'm inspired. And particularly when I see them um, playing on what is otherwise an all-boys team. So the Mars goalie, um, I'm very sorry that she experienced what she experienced, but she certainly is an inspiration, and I hope she keeps playing. And I hope that the game keeps bringing her happiness, and I hope that those individuals who harassed her and said vulgar things, um, I hope that that they reflect and have some internal change because you wouldn't want them to continue going through their lives conducting themselves in that manner. Okay, very heavy topic to start off the um, podcast on. So let's move on to some happy news, which is that the NCAA, um, some committee, they approved last night to expand the national tournament for women's ice hockey from eight teams to 11 teams. So that's super exciting, and that is a, it's progress. Um, You know, um, percentage-wise, the participation of teams on the women's side in the national tournament compared to how many the men got in, um, it didn't compare. The women were at like 19%. The guys were at close to 27%. They've now evened it out. Um, A lot of questions are still out there, you know, are they going to fix the seeding of the tournaments because the bracket, the way it gets set up is is done to minimize cost and it shouldn't be done that way. It should be done for bracket integrity. Um, And and there's all sorts of other inequities that still exist, but I think it was still a very happy occasion, first of all, to see, um, regardless of the outcome, just to see that women's hockey coaches at the collegiate level are organizing and talking to each other and vocally um, taking action to improve the environment for the student athletes. And I think that's great for the student athletes to see. It's definitely a culture change. Um, Too often it's just, you know, oh, we get what we get and it is what it is. Um, And there's kind of this attitude like ho-hum, you know. So it's it's very good, I think, that all the student athletes that are playing right now, they kind of got to witness this. They got to witness the coaches who, as far as I can tell, were mostly led by a group of women coaches um, fight for this change, fight for this tournament expansion. Um, so tons of details to still work out in terms of, um, you know, it's now an 11 team tournament. So who's going to get the buys? How are they going to rank the teams? Is seeding going to be fixed? Is the NCAA going to dump a bunch more money in as well? Um, but it's progress. So and personally, I think it's worthy of just relaxing for a day and enjoying it and appreciating that the tournament got expanded um, versus immediately um, 
you know, fixating on what's not, what's not good. Um, but that's just me and that's my own personality and something that, you know, I, as someone who is simply a fan, I'm pretty mindful of like, okay, what are we doing here? We're here to have fun. So I need to just pause and enjoy the progress. Um, because that is my point of, of being here. I, I think that, um, I can't just get mired in all the negativities. I, I can't, I, you have to call it out. Certainly the stuff at the beginning of the podcast, you have to mention it, um, and reflect on it and make sure you're never a part of anything like that, etc. But when you switch gears over to, Hey, our tournament got expanded for me personally. I have to, I have to, I'm the kind of personality. I have to just enjoy it and say, that's great. Let's, let's be pumped about this. Three extra teams are going to get into the tournament this year. That's three more games. Um, there's more parity in the, the teams in that group from, you know, six, seven up to 11. Uh, we could see some upsets. Some kids are going to get to say that they were in the, um, the NCAA tournament who wouldn't otherwise have gotten to say that. Um, I think this is really exciting. So that's awesome. And kudos to those who made it happen. Back to hockey. So the Lakers, um, on my last podcast, they were getting ready to play Cornell. So no surprise at all to me. They split with Cornell. Cornell is one of those teams that they always play kind of tight. Um, and I just, I was like, I knew they were going to get a split. Um, I, I was and so they got a split, um, on the road. Um, one thing that I thought was total crap that came out of that weekend is that somehow Cornell went from ranking, being ranked 10th to 9th after they got a split with Mercyhurst, whereas, um, Mercyhurst got like one vote in the polls. Um, and meanwhile, like RPI was getting, RPI who Mercyhurst swept was getting like four, four votes in the polls to be ranked. Uh, the polls are what they are. They, you know, no, they don't determine who gets into the tournament because they're just a vote. It's not like the mathematical calculation poll. Um, but the polls do matter, I think, in terms of um, promoting a program and pitching yourself to recruits and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, I am a little bitter about what I per- perceive is um, slights against the CHA, but whatever, just those are my issues, I guess. But, uh, and regardless, since then, um, you know, both Cornell and Mercyhurst have done things that it's, it's irrelevant. Um, but on that day when Mercyhurst just got one vote, I was kind of like, give me a break. Um, you know, they're up against an all American goalie on the road, they get a win. Um, and at that point they had never lost to a, a, a ranked team and Mercyhurst gets one freaking vote in the polls. Like, give me a break. Whereas RPI gets four. A team that Mercyhurst swept. Just, anyways, that's me ranting. That's the CHA apologist coming out. Um, but then since then, um, Mercyhurst split with Penn State. The first game uh, at home. The first game, um, Mercyhurst got the win. And the second game, they got shut out. Um, so what I would say about Mercyhurst is they are now 8-4-1. and one. Um the only unranked team that has beat them is Penn State. Um, and uh, what's weird with Mercyhurst is they're having real problems on the second game of a series. Um, their, their scoring always dries up. And um, are they giving up more goals on the second game of a series? I would have to look. I don't remember if the goals is the goals against is changing, but certainly the goals for is drying up on day two. So I have no idea what that's all about. Um, but the Lakers obviously need to clean it up if they want to win their conference. Um, 
Uh, the Lakers are being led in points by freshman phenom Vanessa Upson, who has 16 points and was the National Rookie of the Month last month. Um, Marielle Parks, who is the freshman from Erie, is also having a great freshman season. She's up there in points. Uh, Boucher, so those three are a line. Um, Boucher is also having a good season. Uh, I think she already has 11 points on the season, so she's up there. Um, and then Vasco Pigeon and Perot, the uh, upperclassmen. Um, that's probably the other top line. Perot seems to move around. Um, they, they also are, are contributing a lot for the Lakers um, in terms of points and offense. So tomorrow the Lakers are going to take on um, St. Lawrence Saints, who are 5-4-2, and two, and Mercer's is playing them at home. Um, I read that uh, I was reading a blog post earlier in Title IX Hockey called uh, St. Lawrence a team that is, uh, they are that team that is not good that you don't want to play, meaning this guy's not willing to say that they're a good team, but he's kind of saying, yeah, they're obviously tough to play against as well. Um, so I think regardless of who the Lakers are playing, um, you know, it's always a tough match. People come to play and tomorrow's the series that starts tomorrow is going to be no different. So, um, the other thing about St. Lawrence is they apparently have like a really good goalie who is super underrated. So I think the Lakers are going to have to, um, you know, they're, they're just going to have to probably work to get those goals. Like just throwing shots on that is probably not going to do it. Uh, no reason that they can't win though. So I'm excited to see what comes of that game. And I'm also excited because as of right now, I'm planning on going to that game. Uh, I have a sick kid right now. So if he, depending on how he, he goes, probably determines if I go to the game. Um, but right now it's looking like I'm going to go to the game. So I'm very excited because I don't think I've, I can't remember my last Merseyhurst game that I went to. I, I suspect it was like January of 2019. Um, because in 2019, 2020 season, I got to watch a bunch of hockey games, but I don't think that they were Mercyhurst games. So this will be very exciting. Myself and another alum are going to get together and watch Mercyhurst. So they better win. Just kidding. Um, so that's kind of the Lakers update. You know, 8-4-1, and one, not bad, not bad. And then 500 in conference versus Penn State. Penn State looks good. Uh, struggles to score, but boy, do they possess the puck. Um, and, and get a lot of shots. Um, so not a bad opening weekend for conference play. Um, and we'll see what tomorrow brings versus St. Lawrence Saints. Um, so last time when I was talking about Mercyhurst playing Cornell, Cornell plays in, um, ECAC, which they use ESPN plus to broadcast their games. So I was thinking to myself, um, oh, maybe I'll buy ESPN plus for just one month to watch this game. And then like the next day before the games even happened, um, the PHF, announced that all their games were going to be on ESPN plus. So that was the little push that I needed to just subscribe to ESPN plus. So I have like an absurd amount of subscriptions right now and that's okay. Um, there are a lot of things that I don't spend money on. So subscribing to women's hockey is just fine. Um, I have the ESPN plus and then I have the, the big, no, not the big 10. What the heck are they called? The WCHA package, which is on the big 10. And then, of course, the CHA package, which is on stretch. Um, but that's fine. Um, 
that's the way you work, I suppose. So that you can uh, watch your niche um, sports online streaming, which is super cool because we couldn't do this um, more than a decade ago. Um, and again, going back to like the league expanding and, and, you know, there's a lot that's wrong with women's hockey, but there's certain things that are going right. And, and like, yes, it's streaming, but hey, this is progress. It's a lot better than it used to be. Um, so, um, so yeah. So anyway, so I got the CSPN plus subscription and it's pretty cool. Uh, what I, what I find is I like to drop in on the PHF on it, but I've also been watching this other league that's on there called the NHL who I don't watch as much. Um, there's only so many, so much amount of time you can devote to watching sports, um, or should devote. But anyway, I, I, what I'm realizing is like they stream a whole bunch of games on there. So I just dropped in the other day because, um, Ovechkin's a very fun hockey player to watch and he had 740 goals. So he was one off of, uh, Brett Hall. So I dropped in for like 10 minutes on a game. Um, I can't remember who they were playing, but of course, Ovechkin tips a shot from the point or deflects it like off the shaft of his stick and scores a goal, ties Brett Hall and uh, for fourth overall in goals. And I just cannot get over how these really exciting players like Ovechkin, like Daryl Watts, these point a game or more players, if you tune in for even 10 minutes, they're going to do something ridiculous and entertain you. So, um, and, and I think what was cool about this Ovechkin goal where he tied Brett Hall is we all have in our mind uh, a vision of how um, Ovechkin scores goals. Um, you know, the, the right-handed shot from the top of the circle, um, perhaps on the, on the power play. Um, that's just kind of the blueprint, but he kind of reminds us he can, he can, he's way more uh, multifaceted than that. And then the goal that he deflected in was just ridiculous, you know, just, and took a couple shots of the camera to just confirm it was him. Um, but he knew right away and he had the little celebration and now he's got 741 goals and uh, he plays again tonight. So, and it's on ESPN plus. So this ESPN plus is pretty cool. I got to say, um, but Ovechkin's not the only cool hockey player to tune into. The only, and he's not the only one that, um, if you give him 10 minutes, he'll probably do something entertainment. There's this player called Daryl Watts. Um, so Watts's team, Wisconsin played Bemidji last weekend. Very bizarre. They tied 0-0 in the first game. Very weird. So I went to a shootout. Uh, of course, it was Daryl Watts that scored in the shootout um, to give um, Wisconsin the the win and I don't even know if it counts for anything to be honest or if they just do it for entertainment but Watts scored of course and I don't know if that counts in her points or not but then the next day I don't know if Mark Johnson gave the the, the players a lecture or if they were just more motivated or also Bemidji switched their goalies for some strange reason and so of course um Wisconsin just destroyed Bemidji but Daryl Watts had a four-point game including a hat trick and it was the same thing. Uh, you know, I just sat down. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch a couple minutes of this game while I just take a little break. And I hardly have to watch it all. And, and Watts scores a just beautiful top shelf um, goal to move into sixth place all time for points in NCAA history. Um, and 
Um, six points. Yep. And, and before that, she was tied for six alongside Monique Lamoureux and Hillary Knight, I want to say. Um, no, no, no. Nicole Corriero. She moved past Knight that same day. Because um, she kind of moved. I mean, four-point game. You kind of make real, real good progress. Jump over a few at once. Um, so so she's now alone in sixth place on the points chart. I, so she's 266. I think the next person she jumps over is going to be Alex Carpenter, who's at like 270-something. So lots. who knows? Maybe it'll happen in early January, but maybe it'll happen before. I don't know. Um, but again, the point is just uh, Watts is sure an entertaining player. And um, just like Ovechkin, she's one. If you sit down and watch for 10 minutes, you'll have some fun because she'll do something ridiculous. Um, one thing that I thought is kind of um, unfortunate, and I'm going to criticize women's hockey here. Um, there's this big push to like advance women's sports, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But like sometimes we don't help ourselves out. Like Watts jumped over these, you know, Corriero. She's, she's not really on the hockey scene anymore online on social media. I don't think. Um, but like Monique and um, Hillary Knight are. And let's give Monique a pass. She's like a mom. She's retired, blah, blah, blah. But like Hillary Knight went to Wisconsin just like Daryl Watts. And she's like the leader in pushing for more visibility and progress for women's hockey. And she didn't acknowledge, as maybe I missed it, but she didn't acknowledge online when Watts jumped past her. And that's something that I just don't really understand, to be honest. Um, it sucks when Ovechkin ties um, Brett Hull and like there's all this excitement and stuff on the men's side and um, I have no idea if Brett Hull has social media he's kind of a wild one so I doubt it um, someone might have changed the password kind of thing and um, but it sucks when there's all this excitement on the men's side and then on the women's side even the stakeholders in the game who are pushing for more visibility and more celebration of the excellence that exists in women's sports, they don't even acknowledge when cool stuff is happening. So I'm kind of like, ugh, you know, um, but whatever, that's their prerogative. Um, and I always think, you know, you focus on the people who are celebrating the things that you're into. So Wisconsin's, um, Uh, one of their staff members I forget his name it's I want to say it's AJ he's doing a wonderful job of um covering this sort of ascent up the points chart you know always because it's you know the it's who is she jumping over now what are the points is she tied with somebody blah 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 and then she's also climbing the goals chart as well all-time goals um so definitely wish that like the big names hockey stars would acknowledge it when they get jumped over um, but nonetheless, it is, you know, you take what you can get and it's cool. Um, I'm glad that somebody's, uh, I'm glad that somebody's like tweeting the numbers and stuff. Cause I certainly enjoy watching her climb. Alrighty. I think that is everything on my list that I wanted to talk about today. So we are headed into the weekend, more hockey on tap. Um, I didn't touch on the international scene, Um, To be honest, there's enough hockey happening that I'm not paying too much attention also because it's hidden away, that hockey. Um, Canada played United States in a couple friendlies. Canada won both. I think Philly scored three goals over two games. And uh, Emily Clark scored as well. She might have had one or two. So Canada won both games. Canada's looking good. Um, Canada's now in Finland. They just beat Finland in a friendly 
Um, your goal scorers there was kind of your typical crowd, but, uh, you know, you pool in La Rock, et cetera, but, um, Victoria Box scored, which is good. Canada needs to get her going. They had her on the first line during the world championship. She couldn't get a goal, um, even though she played fine. Um, but if they're going to keep her on the first line, they obviously need to get her producing. So good to see her score against Finland. Um, so that's what those guys are up to. And then the PHF, they started last se- uh, last weekend. When I did drop in on ESPN+, Plus, my screen kept freezing. What I will say is I was watching it on pretty old television. So I'm like, ugh, is this a PHF thing or is this my old smart TV issue? I have no idea, but I'm going to try it again. Um, I'll try it again. I think there's one game this weekend. Mm. The team I want to watch is Toronto. I don't know if they're playing. Toronto won, which is great. Um, but I'll, I'll try to watch it on a different um, computer. But it's it's certainly important that their streams are working and not freezing. Um, you know, the hockey is what it is. It's it's not the fastest hockey um, because these players are probably less physically. They're smarter than they were at hockey than they were in college, but they're less physically fit than they were when they were in college, in my opinion, because they are probably playing three times a week and practicing three times a week and um working full-time jobs so you know um and then remember these are these are just not the best players in the world so phf is fun they're in they have the best infrastructure for on the pro scene right now there's no question about it uh but they got to reconcile they got to figure something out they got to get the best players in the world um so the patience runs out after this season there's no question about it um and then lastly the pwhpa It'll be interesting to check in and see what their stuff looks like. They're playing in Nova Scotia this weekend. So like Lauren Gable, we get to see her play. Um, So I might, and I think CBC is streaming it online internationally. So I might drop in for a few minutes on that as well. But um, again, PWHPA and and, and the PHF, uh, we'll, we'll see what the future holds. But, you know, something has to give, something has to change. So... On that note, that is everything in my world of hockey fandom right now. Uh, Super pumped to watch the Lakers tomorrow. Thank you for listening, and we'll chat again soon.